Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Sean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. I have with me this morning um, a very dear friend who is a particularly wonderful coach and mentor to women who are going through a number of different things. We're going to talk about her earlier work. We're going to talk about her upcoming book. And let me introduce you to Karen D.L. Anderson. She is a master certified life coach and author for women who want to take care of themselves in the troubled relationship they have with their mothers and or change the way they experience that relationship. She is the author of several books, including Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters, A Guide for Separation, Liberation, and Inspiration, and the Difficult Mother-Daughter Relations Journal. So good morning, Karen. I am so happy to see you. I'm going to have to think about whether it's morning where you are. And it's wonderful to see you today. Yeah, thank you, Jean. And in your introduction, I was just thinking about how long we've actually known each other. <laughs> it has been a very, very long time. You know, one of my oldest and dearest friends from a time in my life when life was very, very difficult for me. And you were one of the people who helped me get through that just by being there. Well, same, <laughs> same, right? I think we were, yeah, there was a bunch of us and we were all really, it was key support at an important time in our lives. It, yes. And it, what, I, what I love about that particular thing is to see how some of us, those of us who've stayed together have just blossomed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In ways that we didn't really ever imagine, maybe. Yes. <laughs> but that's a that's a conversation for a different day. Perhaps totally. I'll I'll get that whole group on here one day and, and we can just <laughs> talk about our journeys because we we've all been through a lot and we've all gotten to to some places where I think have been very, very, very special. So Karen, I want to ask you about your mother-daughter work first, and then we've got a whole nother topic to get into, but I want to, want to give you an opportunity to talk about why that topic came up for you and why it's been such an integral part of the things that you've done over the last few years. Because I, I'm admitted to you that even though I've never been a quote client, that it has it has truly helped me resolve the issues around my own mother daughter relationship. My my mother was not the easiest person to get along with, and was tougher and tougher as she, things drew near the end for me and her. 
So tell me about how that came about and what the message is for people who are going through these difficult relationships. So I I have a mother. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I have two. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, over the years, you know, in my adulthood, especially, I started to just see that there, that it was difficult, that it was, I, I was not having a nice, easy time of it with my mom. And it seemed that the more I wanted to be who I am, the less approving she was of me. And, you know, going back to like you and my, our history with dieting and, you know, weight loss and body image and all of that, I struggled with that for years and years. And as I started to meet other women, like I'm meeting you and meeting the people that we know and talking about it, I started blogging about it. And as I was going to say that like the more women that I got to know, the more I would hear them talk about the difficult relationships they had with their moms and the connection to poor body image, dieting, all of that. And it was kind of funny because I was sort of like, well, like what's going on here? Like why? Like I thought I was the only one. (laughs) It's like what has, we all have this tendency to think we're the only ones who are struggling with this, whatever it is. I want to just interject something here. Um, Sometimes around Mother's Day and other times of year when people talk about either their mother passing and how much they miss her mm-hmm. and all it's for me since my mother has passed it's it's difficult to sometimes even hear those things because yeah. our relationship was so fraught at the end yeah so yeah i'm living my life and having this very painful experience in this relationship that i have with my mom and at the end of 2010 She did something that I decided was the last straw, and I estranged myself from her. I was estranged from her for about four years. And in that, this is so funny because you were part of it. In that period of time, I started to learn about coaching. Yep. And you invited me to Christine Kane's event down in Atlanta, and I went. And I remember thinking, because I'm a writer, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll learn some tips on like running a writing business or, you know, having a, being a writer, you know, a freelancer and how can I promote my stuff? And I remember going down to that event and saying, just don't make me become a coach. I remember you saying that to me too. <laughs> and what had happened is I came back and I decided to become a coach. Yeah. And I was going to be coach. I wanted to, I was thinking, all right, I'll coach her on body image issues. I had written a book on that. And so I signed up for a coaching a certification through the life coach school and loved it so much that I then decided to do master coach training. And it was in master coach training, all my mother stuff sort of came to a head. So I'm estranged from my mom and it's still boiling under the surface. Like I thought, okay, she's out of my life. I don't have to think about it anymore, but it was there and it was just sort of like waiting (laughs) And it all sort of exploded during this master coach training and the coaching that I received and what I did with that coaching was so transformative for me. 
I decided to write another book. <laughs> and it was interesting because I to get through master coach training, I had to have a final project. And my final project was a six a six week program that I I can't even remember what I called it. But it was that six week program that became the basis for this book that I wrote. And and then so that's yeah, so it's that's I've been exploring it ever since. And, and, and I send people to you all the time. <laughs> I don't know if they come, but for me in, in many of the groups that I belong to, where I guess I feel like my issues around my mother are probably not the, it's not where I want to spend my coaching energy. Yeah. Um, I really want to spend my coaching energy around the, the physical and emotional and spiritual changes that happen around menopause. But it's an issue that comes out over and over and over for women at this time in their lives, not only because of just the changes that we're going through, but also because so many of us are in some variant of caregiving roles to our mothers at this time in our lives, especially those of us who are postmenopausal, although for me, because my mother was so much older when I was born, it happened like right in <laughs> <laughs> perimenopause. <laughs> so I want to encourage listeners to reach out to Karen if this is an issue that resonates with you, to read her books, to get into a conversation with Karen about this issue. I know you have a fairly active Facebook group, is it? Or, no, I don't have a Facebook group. Or it's just a just a following. Yeah. yeah. And okay. I I have a newsletter that I send out um that is by the feedback I get is that they love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I just actually started doing TikToks. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I have not. I, I promise you, I have not yet figured out TikTok. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So but yeah, there's my point is that there's all kinds of ways to interact with my work. You don't, okay. you know. Yeah. So those interactions, those ability to interact with Karen are are in the show notes. And um, I encourage you, if this is a particular issue with you, to reach out to Karen because it can be Oh, so difficult. Yeah. I mean, when I think back on it and like why I do this work is that I realized just how much my relationship with my mother and how the identity that I created in relationship to my mom was holding me back from, you know, as we say, being my true authentic self. Absolutely. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, so let's take that and morph it into this new work that you're doing, which is super exciting to me. I'm sure it has it has plenty of elements from the old stuff, but tell us about your newest project, Karen, because I'm really excited to hear this. So through doing the work on my relationship with my mom and talking to lots of other women and, and learning all about things, I, you know, over the past well, it's I've probably been aware of it for at least 10 years, but it's been my whole life, is just this realization that I was living and, and still do live with a tremendous amount of shame. Mm. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Let's go back to other things that you, that you have in common with most of us. And, you know, it, again, the, the, there is a connection, right, that I have made. I, you know, I, it's not my theory. I think a lot of us understand this, but, you know, difficult mother-daughter relationships don't happen in a vacuum. They happen in the context of patriarchy and white supremacy and all the isms, sexism, misogyny, like all of that. And in learning about shame and, and sort of starting to uncover and, and excavate my own shame and the shame-based beliefs that I have about myself, realizing that, that, that those beliefs aren't mine and they aren't really even my mom's or my grandmother's, right? These are, this is the shaming of half the population of the world, basically. Not that men don't have shame, they do. But this particular flavor of shame, <laughs> of being a person who is not seen as whole and complete compared to men, white men. And how that in and of itself impacts mother-daughter relationships and ourselves. So I have been really doing a lot of work around shame and um, am writing a book about shame. So I that, would have never thought that you would. <laughs> I have to tease Karen a little bit because uh, ever, ever since I've known her, she has been had a writing project of some sort going. So yes, I'm writing a book about shame. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> and it is going to be my most personal book. A lot of the books that I've written are kind of self-helpy, although there is an element that this is my story. And actually, a lot of people seem to enjoy that. Um, but this book mm -hmm. is really, really personal. And it's hard to write, but it is it is such a beautiful expression. I love the fact that we can talk about shame mm -hmm. with so much love and the, the paradox of that, right? I think that this is just, again, it's like an evolution of women in general. So true. And it's such an important topic right now as, um, as the whole, we've gone so far. You and I are are not that far apart in age, a little bit, but not that far. And I don't know if you remember back to um, the early seventies, where women were girls were expected. I mean, I started out in grade school where we weren't allowed to wear pants to school and there was something about um that whole expectation of who we were as girls and women and not allowing ourselves to be the who we were and shaming around that and then when we were what they wanted us to be and and i use they kind of kind of loosely because it includes many many women who bought into those stereotypes and those expectations um but when we were, were that then we were in effect slut shamed 
for well, you know, being who we were. And the sh- the thing that is fascinating to me is seeing how my mother shamed me and her mother shamed her. And I did know my great grandmother and I'm guessing she shamed my grandmother and why. And what I've come to realize is that women will shame their daughters and each other and themselves in order to stay connected to resources, right? This, if, if we think back to our cave people days, and this is, I talk about this particular topic all the time is how, yeah. you know, and how this is menopause is this op- opportunity to throw off a lot of that feelings that we, um, that we've been inculcated with. Uh, some days, some days the easy word doesn't come out of my brain. So I get these. <laughs> more complicated ones (laughs) which is why it's more fun to edit a book than to edit edit a podcast because I can't go back and talk about the words anyway we get oh they're inculcated I'm gonna just go go with it because it's the word that's coming out with these ideas of who we need to be and then at menopause we have this beautiful opportunity to throw it off and really take control of who we are. But some of this, this shame, this, this feeling that we need to still do everything for everybody else mm-hmm. is deep. And it, it's part of what we need to throw off as we go through menopause. I don't, one of the things that happened to me this week is that I went to a networking event of a set of women who are mostly, you know, 40 and beyond. And it's so interesting because I've been talking about community and the difference between click and community. Mm. It's really, you know, we, we need that click. And that's where that shaming thing seems to come in. This key, you know, not allowing people to move beyond this very narrow definition of what, who, what and who they can be in this group. And of course, we're dealing with this in politics, we're dealing with this in our communities, in our, I hate to say, our faith-based communities as well, where where the definition of who we can be is so very narrow. And then we move beyond it. And for many of us, it's this opening up to the ability to be a community that supports each other. Doesn't always happen. Yeah. It certainly doesn't always happen. And I think it's because of these kinds of things that we've been talking about. Yeah, it runs very deep. And like the whole, like you said, I mean, I, I was in kindergarten and not allowed to wear pants. I think it was when I, I think it was by the time I was in second grade that I could wear pants. But did you know, and I didn't know this until this past week, that women in the House of Representatives in Congress and, and the Senate were not allowed to wear pants until 1994. I mean, they could wear them outside of that, but like in the building. In the could. building. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's amazing. Right. And, and it's, it, it, I think it's interesting too, when you're born, right. And you are going about your life and things are a certain way. 
and you don't realize that 10 years prior to your birth or 20 years prior to your birth, right? We were in a world war. Yeah. And, and when you're 20, 30, 40, right? It's, oh, that's ancient history. But you don't really, like, it actually isn't ancient history. It was very recent. Yeah, my dad, my dad and all all of his um, brothers-in-law, he was the only boy in his family, but he, he has, I don't know, seven brothers-in-law, something like that, eight, nine. <laughs> yeah, they're all gone now, but uh, they were all, every one of them had World War II experiences, even the ones who were were too old to, to go into the service were home guard and uh, marshals for their towns and involved in all kinds of things like that. And it really was not, for me, it was very much a part of my psyche growing up. And it, it was interesting because last night I was in a, at a uh, writers club meeting and a couple of the younger women were talking about their grandparents being in world war ii and like, yeah that was my dad <laughs> yeah yeah the point is for me is that so shame right mm-hmm. and like i you know the war uh, trauma right right global trauma and that there is often shame associated with the traumas that we that we experience that our parents grandparents all and it goes down 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 right like all through the generations mm-hmm. and um when i say this people are like oh no i don't think but we are we live in we are swimming in shame mhm that doesn't mean we're all debilitated by it or whatnot, but we, you know, and it's so, it's so ubiquitous. There's a big word. right? <laughs> um, it's so around us that we don't see it. And it's, you know, it, and sometimes when I talk about this, people feel like I'm accusing them of something <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's not, it's just something to be aware of that, Oh, this is the water we're swimming in. And like, you know, there's, I've heard people say, you know, it's like, if you ask a fish, how's the water? The fish is like, what do you mean? Like, this is right. It's the same kind of thing. And for me, once you become aware, and I know, I don't think everybody on earth experiences shame the way I do. I think it's, Mm -hmm. you know, highly individual. Um, But it's, it's amazing how sneaky it is. And how subtle it can be. And and once I started, you know, realizing this and looking at my own experiences with it, I decided, you know, what would it be like to unshame myself? And so that, you know, um, the, the book that I'm writing, the first per- part of it is what I call a, dis- a timeline of disconnection. Mm-hmm. And it is experiences all the way from one of my very earliest memories Mm. where I disconnected from myself because of shame and all the way up. I I mean, I have stories from this year, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's a long timeline. I'm not going to include all of it, but, um, 
it's how we are, you know, shame disconnects us from ourselves. Mm. And how do we then connect back in? And as you say, right, this is a great time in our lives to explore that with some compassion. Yeah. And so the second part of the book is some stories, but also some of the, the ways that I've learned to unshame myself. Wonderful. Wonderful. I can't wait to read your new book. So can you give our listeners a, a sense of when that book will be out and how they can find out more information as you complete the writing process, the editing process, the publishing process? I know that takes a while. So um, next year sometime, I, I would uh, say so the, this episode is probably airing in February of 2023. So we're talking about mid later this to, year, later in 2023. And how can reader, how can listeners stay connected to you so they can hear more about this, this process and um, know when it's out and know, uh, perhaps help, help you through the process. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on, on, what is it? TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> um, and or subscribe to my newsletter. And you can find me. The easiest way to find me on any platform is KCL Anderson. That is that is my handle, like with a little at symbol. Okay. Um, my website is KCLAnderson.com. Terrific. And all of that will be, <clears throat> excuse me, in this in the show notes. And we will be back in just a moment with Karen's best tip for getting through this stage of our lives and um, what's making us smile today. Are you running on empty? Do you wake up in the morning feeling like you're done for the day before you even get out of bed? Menopause can do that to you. The changes in menopause echo throughout your body, causing symptoms like depression, anger, GERD, weight gain, insomnia, and fatigue. The symptoms can last for decades. I've helped hundreds of women get better sleep, wake up full of energy that lasts the whole day, and ditch all the other symptoms that were dragging them down. I'd like to offer you a free consultation with me to find out how you can take control of your menopause journey and feel better now. You can schedule your time to talk at menopause.guru slash consult. And we're back with Karen KCL Anderson. Karen, so I ask all my guests to give us one great tip that you know for getting through this stage of our lives because uh, it takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> so I really thought about this and I think that learning about the human nervous system mm -hmm. and your particular nuances in your particular nervous system. And the good news is, is that this information is much more readily available and much more easily consumed than it used to be. This isn't like a big scientific, or it can be if you want it to be, um, endeavor, right? Um, learning about my nervous system, learning about 
the, the default responses that I have, right, when my body senses a threat has just given me so much appreciation for myself. I have learned to see my nervous system and its responses as so intelligent. And interestingly, that has been part of the unshaming process. But I think that especially at this time of our lives, understanding just the exquisite nature and, and of our nervous system, because I, I have a belief, I'm not a very religious person, but I am spiritual and I believe that it is our nervous system that connects us to whatever it is you call God. And right. I've had, awesome. I've just had some very interesting experiences that make me believe that. And it's just, it's been a really, it's been a very grounding, very, I don't know what the word is, <laughs> But to know about that and to understand it is uh, is priceless. Yeah, the more work I do in this in this area, the more research I undertake and get out there and look around. Uh, the more I I agree with what you're talking about about how not just our brain nervous system, but our vagus nerve, the one that runs yeah. from from our brain all the way down our central trunk and how our gut also plays a part in this, how our, the, the trillions of other organisms that live within us help or hinder that whole process. It's just, what a great tip. Get in <laughs> touch with your nervous system. Get in touch with how you react. And how yeah. you deal with this disturbance that that we call fear. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, let's get into something happy. What's making you smile today? This conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Super fun to reconnect with you, Karen, over the last couple of weeks as we've prepared for this podcast episode. So I'm going to have to say that one of the things making me smile today uh, we're recording this back in November, and for the first time after committing or semi-committing to NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writers Month, I am sitting at 15,000 words as of last night on a novel that has, has been bouncing around in my head, and I woke up this morning knowing exactly what had to happen in this middle third of the book. Um, which is truly amazing. And I'm so super psyched to have some writing times this weekend and seeing if I can get the first two thirds done. Another thing making you smile, Karen. So another thing, all right, I'll just say it. It's, what's interesting is, and it's very similar to what you just said, is that your prompt mm -hmm. of asking me single best tip got me thinking. And I had a little breakthrough myself for the book that I'm writing on shame. So it, it's like that little aha moment that, you know, unsticks us where we are feeling stuck. That always makes me smile. <laughs> Isn't that a great feeling? So I'm going to have to go to something a little totally different. My husband is probably the world's worst Christmas shopper, and we are recording this for Christmas. So last weekend, I went to an art fair here in my town and 
I fell in love with a piece, probably on the high end of art that I buy. And I fell in love with a piece and I just simply said to him, I want it. I'm going to buy it for myself. And this means you don't have to go shopping for Christmas or shopping <laughs> for my my December birthday. <laughs> and it was delivered yesterday. It's in my living room and it's incredible. It's this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece of sculpture with a bronze bird of prey with wood, wood turned wings. He's amazing. So he's mm. making me smile every time I walk through my living room. <laughs> And one more. So mine is um, also a departure from what we're talking about. But I have been making three berry crisp for the past, I don't know, few months. It's like just so good. And every time I make it, I tweak the recipe a little bit. And what's really making me smile is adding a whole lot of lemon zest to the crisp top. The, you know, the crunchy yummy it is so good. And it really <laughs> makes me smile. <laughs> <laughs> so drop, a, drop a batch of that off here. Oh, wait. <laughs> and we'll go hang out. <laughs> that would be so much fun. So I think something making me smile is that I have connected with several very good friends this week. And I've made a couple of great new connections with people whom I think are going to be friends. And I think, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's this whole idea of community that supports one another is so just overwhelmingly impressive to me. And I'm so excited to be able to connect with people that, like you, that have been friends for a very long time and we get to get a chance to talk about some of these really important things and changes that have happened in our lives. Karen and I were talking for a few minutes before the episode and went back to some of our early, early conversations. It's it's wonderful to know that there are people in my life that that have been here for the long haul. So thank you for coming and joining me this Thank you and amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I'll invite our listeners to come back to our next episode and to connect with Karen through the means that are in the show notes. And we will see you again soon. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you.